It was like, I know, have either of you guys seen Firefly? No. Welcome back to Stew on That, the soup podcast. As you may remember, last week, Maggie gave us the challenge of creating our own pho dish. And I mentioned that I was going to cheat and make my boyfriend help me. And that's exactly what I did. Nothing wrong with that. My boyfriend should have intervened and helped me as well because I took one too many shortcuts this week. And I'm going to full-on blame the weather because that's my favorite scapegoat. That's a reach. (laughs) It was a trifecta of of issues. One, the pandemic. Two, a holiday. (laughs) And three, an ice storm. So instead of getting beef and making, you know, the three-hour beef broth, which I always envy... Sydney, I feel like two weeks in a row you've talked about delicious holiday meal leftovers that resulted in a beautiful broth. And last Sunday when I made my bad pho puns, I had dreams and visions of my kitchen smelling great for three straight hours. And then all of those three things I just mentioned happened. So I was like, let's be handy and use what I have around the house. Well, before we get into that, I do have a side dish for this week. I was hoping to get you gals' thoughts on a couple things. What are those things? Well, Maggie, I'm glad you asked. So (laughs) I wasn't going to. I was going to let us linger in the silence. (laughs) With the new year coming in, um, I'm reminded that January in particular is a month where people attempt some food and diet challenges The most common of which is dry January, where people will abstain from drinking alcohol. And lately I've seen a new trend of people doing veguary, which is a vegan January. I will say I am doing dry January. I don't honestly don't even know why anymore. There's not really a reason for things. I just want to feel better. I'm helping my sister train for a half marathon. So I'm like, maybe this will help. But okay, that's exactly my question is why, what, what's your motivation? I definitely have noticed in my runs and stuff, I feel a bit more sluggish. Um, so that's kind of just, it's like my hard reset. It's like, I just want to reset, but also I'm very goal driven. So there's that weird like, competitive self in me that I'm like, let's do this. But it's a lot easier to do it this year because it's like it's not like I have any events or programs that's going to derail me. True. There's very little FOMO going on at this time. Jackie actually did a dry January last year. Jackie, what was your review of that experience? Well, you have to keep in mind, I had to take like six months off drinking when I got mono. And like that, that was annoying more than anything else. But Like, taking a month after that is not very difficult because it's just, I knew what to do. You just swap everything out with soda water and you're fine. You know, that's a great point. You can make some really uh, great infused waters. I think, like, I don't really buy into the pseudoscience behind detox water. 
But I think there's nothing wrong with creating just a delicious tasting water and accepting it for what it is. A slightly flavored water. I feel like each year we get closer and closer, but every January we're reminded of all of the different, like, coaches and detox sellers and all that that light up Instagram that, like, those detox teas are just laxatives. And once you just kind of have that in mind and you see all those celebrities and influencers being like, this is all I drink. I'm like, oh, your bowels, your poor bowels. It's like, why would anyone wrong? There's nothing wrong with taking a laxative if that's what you need, you know? No, but it's like, why would you choose to have IBS? (laughs) You're opting in. Yeah. I think most people should choose to opt out of IBS given the option. Hot take on the soup podcast today. IBS, only if necessary. <laughs> so all that is to say, um, I do, I did want to do vegan January. I really did. Because I spent, I spent a long time as a vegetarian and I'd go weeks without any dairy. So I know it's doable, but I decided to do two days a week instead of, 30 days. I'm not prepared. I have no lentils in my house. Help. Is this the best time of the year to go vegan? I mean, what's in season? It's a great point, Jackie. You know, lately I've gotten really hooked on $12 salads, which taste great year round. So I'm guessing it's going to be a lot of those. I'm excited to hear about all of the vegan dishes you make, and I hope you get lentils soon. All right, so who would like to go first in walking us through their pho? Wait, I've got history. I've got history on the pho. Oh, sorry, my bad. Jackie, our resident historian, is going to give us her synopsis of the dish. Jackie, take it away. I actually did research this time. Like, I have notes. I'm getting together on this history portion of the podcast. Okay, so the first one is a question. When do you guys think came to be uh 700 bc i'm gonna say 701 bc okay you're both wildly off um and i I wouldn't i I also expected this to be an ancient dish (laughs) from what i've read it is either late 1800s or as soon as the 1910s that pho came into existence so it's only like 100 plus years old what the fuck? <laughs> so that was kind of shocking. It's like 110 to 30 years old. So um, this was around the era of like Mark Twain. This yeah, is when so Fa was created. Talking, like World War One, people were like, let's try this hot new dish uh, <laughs> out of Vietnam. Basically, the idea is, and there's not a lot of documentation around its beginnings, but we know some things. The French colonized Vietnam. And when they showed up, basically the Vietnamese were not eating cows at that point in time. They were not beef eaters. They used them in the fields and then they died. And that was kind of the end of, that was the whole cow's life cycle. They were just sort of farm animals. Like we have, you know, dogs, we don't eat them when they die. And so they were just sort of farm workers. The French came along and they were like, we love eating beef. We're going to need you to start slaughtering some of these. And so the demand from the French colonists was what drove beef to the marketplace to begin with. So Vietnam, the way it's situated in the world, is that it's 
nestled right up against China as well. It was the Chinese and Vietnamese vendors, most likely out of Nam Din. Eventually, the dish moved to Hanoi, and that's sort of its real hub. It's kind of like how basketball was invented in Canada, but really found its heart in Indiana. Like, that's the idea here, is that it was invented in Nam Din, but really its heart and soul and came to maturation in Hanoi. There's a couple of debates about which dish this sort of evolved from. The first thing that's up for consideration, the first dish that it could be based off of, is a French dish, and I'm going to totally butcher the French here. Um, Yeah, are you ready? Yes. Uh, Okay, so, uh, oh gosh, okay. Uh, (laughs) I know I'm going to get blasted for this. It's going to be like a Whitney Howe voiceover in the podcast. Here's the thing, it's not even that complicated of French. (laughs) And it's because it's so similar to English. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna say this in a British accent. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so pot au feu, uh, but it's basic pot of fire is the <laughs> that's what it is. All right. Yeah. So that's the first dish that it could be based off of. Uh, the other one that's up for consideration is another sort of soup that was coming out of northern Vietnam at the time called Xiao Trao, which is like a dish essentially made from water buffalo bones. So this is the early 1910s, and this is northern Vietnam, and Vietnam's really skinny and long. So it starts off in north Vietnam um, as this really delicious kind of simple beef broth. In the 1950s, Vietnam was split into north and south Vietnam. With that, there were a lot of people who immigrated from the north down south. They brought with them this dish. And in the south of Vietnam, is actually agriculturally a lot more diverse. And so in the south of Vietnam, they started picking up and adding to the pho recipe basil, um, all these different herbs that we use. They started sweetening the broth because they had access to sugar. They started adding croissant and the chili sauce and really making the dish that we know in America. But in Vietnam, it's kind of like how there's the barbecue wars all through the U.S. and every you know, state in the South kind of has their take on on barbecue and how you are best supposed to prepare it. That's the same sort of idea in Vietnam. So the North kind of remained true to the original recipe, and they're not adding the herbs and they're not sweetening the broth. And the South is keeping all these different herbs and veggies and sweeteners that they added in. So as you travel down Vietnam, even today, you'll get entirely different pho dishes. There's a poem by a Vietnamese poet, Tu Mo, called Ode to Pho. In the poem, he talks about how egalitarian this dish really is in Vietnamese culture, uh, because rich people like pho, poor people like pho, northerners like pho, southerners like pho. It's just, it is the dish of Vietnam. And that's it. That's all I have on pho. Thank you. Thank you. This week, I just insulted that beautiful history of this dish. (laughs) Maggie, this was your suggestion, though. I know. I love pho. It is these types of flavors and mixed with the rice noodles. Like, that's what I crave when it's cold or I'm not feeling well. I was not raised on chicken noodle soup. I just long for pho, ramen, things like that. And I knew why I went wrong. And it's because I did not make a 
beef stock and I did not use beef. It still tasted really good. I need to just say that. So I know vegetarian pho might not necessarily classify as traditional pho, but as we kind of mentioned with January and all these things and people switching to vegan or vegetarian, at least it's an option for people who are not necessarily meat eaters. So I'd say I kind of kept it tried and true. I did not use my instant pot this week. So I did vegetable broth. I put in some onions. I had garlic, chili sauce. I did ginger, had some green onions and cilantro for my garnish. I also did end up adding, I am remembering now, some shrimp to it. So it's not traditionally or full vegetarian, but since cooking shrimp and soup is like the easiest thing you just throw them in and it takes like four minutes for them to be cooked kind of put those in the same time as the rice noodles and then to keep the the broth still having some of that hearty I mentioned the chili sauce as well as some soy sauce and since I did use shrimp I did do a little bit of fish sauce as well and then I am big on garnishing so onion or uh, lime and some cilantro Again, definitely would have gone with beef had not had the trifecta of different issues slash excuses of getting to the store. So if you're trying it yourself, I say, especially for the first time making it, and if you've never had pho before, I strongly, strongly encourage to do the full process of making the beef stock and then using beef and things like that if your dietary needs match that. But overall, I would say for how cold and chilly and gross it's been, it definitely was a nice, hearty January meal. Here, here. Ladies, what were yours looking like? Okay, so I completely failed to get a soup on the table this week. Oh my god. Um, so due to boring reasons I won't get into, I had like a rack of lamb in my refrigerator. And I was like, I don't really want to go to the store. I will make do with this. It's going to be fine. They're both red meats. It's going to be, everything's going to be fine. Intriguing. I'm intrigued. I want to know where this story goes. Thank you. So I cut up the lamb. I've got the bones. I'm like, I've got the water going in a pot. I'm like putting in spices and seasonings and it's smelling great. And I'm adding in the bones. and. I look over at my dog, Hudson, and he is terrified. His tail is between his legs. He's, like, shaking. He's not having it. He's like, there is a serial killer in this apartment. Oh, my God. This has happened before, right? This, yes. The thing is, I don't eat lamb on a regular interval. So, like, I'd completely forgotten that this was a reaction he was going to have So there is, and I've Googled this, there's this chemical component in lamb that comes out as it's being cooked. So he doesn't have a reaction to raw lamb that I'm like chopping on the counter. But as soon as it gets in the pot and starts smelling up the apartment, which I think it smells delicious. I'm so sad (laughs) to to throw away this soup. He is absolutely terrified. So there's like some sort of enzyme in the meat itself that gets released and he was like he's like we are about to be like tortured to death that was his whole look 
You're kidding uh, me. I've never heard this before. Yeah, apparently, like, so dogs have had to be very in tune with sheep, I guess. Be, like, herding dogs in particular, and they know when a sheep is in pain, and, like, because they've had to. That's just, like, an evolutionary trait they've had to take on. It's, like, smelling up the sheep and knowing, like, that sheep is hurt. Let me find it before a wolf does. Apparently, it's just a thing that happens to certain dogs. They'll just have a terrible reaction to the smell of lamb. And he doesn't know what to do with it. I've not trained him to herd sheep. So he just gets really scared and thinks, like, he's next. So I had to ventilate the entire apartment, toss the soup, and then we went for, like, a two-hour walk so he could calm down. Luckily, I was able to order it online, and I did eat pho today. (laughs) Oh, well, I think that still counts. Yeah, yeah. I was planning, I was fully planning on cheating in that way at some point. Full transparency. I'm just shocked that you did it first. I really thought it was going to be me. No, it was definitely me. Um, And Hudson thanks me for it. He's laying right next to me right now. He's totally cool. But he was not having it. He still looks traumatized a little bit. Like, I've seen things. Oh my god. I have smelled things. It was like, I know, have either of you guys seen Firefly? No. It was like, the Reavers are here. (laughs) They are in our apartment. I now, I guess I've just never cooked lamb at home with Ellie. But since she is a herding dog, I would assume she would have that reaction. She gets weird about things sometimes. So it's not like I want her to have that reaction. I'm just curious if she would or not. Yeah, same. It doesn't seem common enough that there's any academic articles on it. Like, I don't think anybody's looked into it. After they figure out wolves, we need to get them on this. Yeah, wolves first, obviously. The priority should be wild animals. And then we'll move on to dogs and their deal with lambs. Every scientist in the country needs to be on this. So, Jackie, why don't you just describe to us the the pho that you did eat? What, What was that like? Okay, so I did feel like the recipe that I was going for <laughs> was very similar to what I ended up with. Yeah, the the beef, thinly sliced, make a delicatessen proud. Yeah, and then just so many herbs, so many herbs to stick in. The recipe that I was working off of did say, like, the basil that they would use in Vietnam, but if you couldn't, you could go with, like, a an Italian basil and that'd be fine. It just smells so good, guys. What is up with this broth? It is bewitching. I did, make, a... I did make the broth this time again. One of the articles that I was, like, reading about pho is, <laughs> like, a family joke that rice was the dutiful wife and pho was the, like, tempt- tempting mistress. And I didn't include this in my notes because I, I feel weird whenever food becomes a metaphor for women. But... <laughs> But yeah, I, it was just like, you know, rice is something that sustains you throughout the week. You can't have pho every night because it would eventually get boring. But it's just such a like, it's just such a treat when you do eat. It is. It, it is. Sydney, let's hear about that soup. Maggie, you alluded to it earlier. I have been working off a lot of holiday leftovers with these soups and... I have been making really great soups and just clearing out my fridge, which is awesome. 
So this week, again, I was able to use some prime rib leftovers that I had from Christmas, which was awesome. So for my pho, the first step was making the broth. Like I mentioned, I forced my boyfriend to do it. I had never made a pho broth before, and he really loves cooking Southeast Asian food, so he already had all the ingredients, so I headed over to his house. Um, the recipe that we went with was all the herbs and spices that Jackie mentioned, too. So we had a stick of cinnamon, the star anise, uh, cilantro, ginger, onion, fennel, fennel seeds, coriander seeds, and he had a spooky skeleton left over in his freezer that we popped in there too. And after the broth was done cooking in the Instant Pot, we did add fish sauce and palm sugar to taste. The broth alone was bomb. I mean, this broth smelled so good. I can't believe it. I have to like go to the Korean Mart now and get all these spices because... I can't live without making this soup every week now. I had failed, but it's truly, it just is so comforting. The broth alone, I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be a good week. So we made the broth, uh, prepared that like the day before. We decided that we wanted to do the thinly sliced prime rib beef as our meat garnish. We went ahead and decided to make our own noodles. I don't know about you guys, but I see, like, the YouTube videos of people making their own noodles where they're just, like, slapping them on the counter, and I I love it. I can watch, like, an hour of people making noodles, and I just wanted to so badly, so I actually got a chance to make the noodles, which was a lot of fun, too, and, and not that hard. The, the dough was flour and water. We, like, greased the the surface to slap the noodles out and then just boil them in water and set them aside. So once the noodles were done, the beef was sliced, we heated up the broth again, placed the noodles in the broth, placed the beef in, and then just garnished with lime juice and some Thai basil that we had picked up from the Korean market. It was a perfect meal. It was delicious. <laughs> I really love this one. I think this is my favorite soup yet that we've made. So I never ever would have attempted this soup and I can't believe how good it turned out and I can't wait to make it again. Amazing. I'm glad somebody had a fully successful soup this week. <laughs> the weather looks great this week. I'm going to return to Trader Joe's in triumph and will be prepared for whichever soup is chosen next. Now you just need to overcome the Indianapolis potholes and you'll have no issues. That's the final boss waiting for me on the way to Trader Joe's is 465 is just going to open up and swallow my car and I'm going to have to battle through all the potholes. It's always something. Random fun fact. Did you guys know that 465 on the east side is like adopted by Benihana? I noticed that like a year ago and I think about it at least once a month. I thought about Benihana a lot this year because 
my family went there for Christmas Eve dinner last year and we were asked to leave and I was just so sad I wasn't going to get to replicate that experience this year. COVID just takes it all away. Yeah. So Sydney, what's our soup for the week? Thanks for asking Maggie. As I alluded to earlier, I have to be vegan two days a week. And while I'm really looking forward to rediscovering some of my favorite old vegan recipes, I really want to try some new ones. And so I thought, hey, let's combine the two. So next week, everyone is going to need to have prepared and enjoyed a delicious vegan soup. And I'm not going to be prescriptive at all. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can be a dish which is traditional and just happens to be vegan. It can be a dish that is kind of adapted and made to be vegan. It can be whatever you want. So that's that's what I've got on deck for us. I promise I'll try to do better than just a tomato bisque with a impossible burger. To <laughs> this vegan is actually going to be great. My go-to soup is actually vegan. It's going to be the easiest week for me. I love it. Thank you. I'll believe it when I see it, Jackie. Fair enough. I've given you very little to be confident. (laughs) I'm excited. I think we'll come up with three unique dishes like we usually do. Yep. And until next time, don't make lamb around your herding dogs. Stew on that. Stew Stew on on that. that.